This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who's never been more excited for a Provo City Council meeting than right now, Jerem Jordan. Well, uh, that's not true, although you and I used to work for the city of Provo. We hosted a high school sports show when we were students here at Brigham Young University called Sports Valley. And so we technically worked for Provo City, uh, but the Provo City Development Services Department agenda for a week from today has an item two under public hearings that says there's a request for a minor project plan approval for expansion of the BYU football stadium scoreboard. All right. So BYU's figuring it out, perhaps expanding that. I think that'd be great. In spite of some of the uh, locals that fight it sometimes, I would love the uh, scoreboard to be bigger and better because it can be, and there's support for this. And there's a lot of green on this set today because of St. Patrick's Day. This is the exception. We don't change the color scheme here. Outside of this, I do want to mention my shirt. Your shirt looks excellent, by the way. Thank you. Uh, my uncle Chris gave me this. He got it in the '90s when BYU played Notre Dame a couple times. That's incredible. So this is from this is from a Notre Dame BYU matchup. Uh, no luck needed. So yeah. What's interesting about that shirt is they design and manufacture shirts that look just like that today. That they have the faded look. So. That makes it even better that it's a throwback. This is literally from the '90s. But you could, you could. I've watched it a lot. You told it's me like fun. it's a brand new shirt, and I would have believed you because they make T-shirts I, like that. Was the home game here '92 or '93? Which one was it? I'm yeah. pretty sure it's from that game. '93 didn't go well. Yeah, the next year went well. Yeah, and and we are actually going to post later on BYU TV uh, Sports today when BYU beat Notre Dame in '04. Some highlights because St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Hopefully, BYU's scoreboard's a little bit better. After the approval in Provo City Council meeting, we hope, than it was in 1993. Yeah. It was fine in 1994. We scored 24 or something. Yes. And a win. Here's today's approved show lineup. BYU basketball has arrived in Naptown, Indianapolis. Now, now we learned that Nap as in Indianapolis. Yeah. Later, I was like, yo, Mark Pope's going to sleep? No. It's Indianapolis. Yes. It is... Naptown, but BYU has big dreams there. Strict isolation measures. Do the Cougars need to win at least one tournament game to call this season an ultimate success? Our latest conversation with a man projected to make BYU football history in the approaching NFL draft. Zach Wilson joins us to discuss what the Jacksonville Jaguars challenged him to do in one of their many Zoom calls before they ultimately decide who goes number one. Plus, Jamal Williams has a new NFL home. A longtime BYU rival will have a new coach and captioning pictures inside the BYU basketball tournament bubble. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football just announced moments ago it will hold a public practice at 6 p.m. local time on Friday, March 26th in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Again, this is not a scrimmage or a game. It's a public practice. It will be a ticketed event for 10 bucks. Uh, 7,500 fans can get in. So that's cool. And in the in the image that BYU football posted, it had all four quarterbacks on. So basically, go watch the quarterback battle in person uh, if you want. Now, there are those who are going to wonder, hey, is this on TV? It, it is not. If we were let in, we'd be there. 
but it, it BYU football wants to keep the practice uh, to those 7,500 fans. It's a brilliant marketing idea for those that are already feeling like they're going to miss out. I'm sure social media will be all over it. Yes. If there's something exciting that happens, it'll show up on social media. There will be an exciting stretch here or there that we'll need to No, It's very fun to be able to see the practice. Alex Barcelo named one of 42 Associated Press All-American Honorable Mentions following his senior season. But is it actually his senior season? Again, the Cougars in Indianapolis held the first practice of the week yesterday in the hallway, in the hotel. And then then they actually shot on a basketball court, which is cool, as they prepare for either Michigan State or UCLA on Saturday night in historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. Pictures of the NCAA tournament floor in Hinkle Fieldhouse came out this morning. It looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Uh, I had two seniors at BYU academically, so that's cool. Good. Jamal Williams, I had a retro year. Jamal Williams signs a two-year, $7.5 million deal with the Detroit Lions. Is this a good move for Jamal? We'll discuss later. Number 17, BYU women's soccer on the bounce-back movement after a tough home loss to rank Santa Clara on Saturday. The Cougars host rival Utah Valley today at Southfield. Six Eastern, four Mountain. BYU has won all six previous meetings against the Wolverines. You can watch the next matchup live on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio. Number 16, women's volleyball. Massive match tonight at number 21, San Diego. First match in 11 days for the Cougs. Both teams have a single loss on the ledger this season. BYU softball sophomore Alyssa Potterchek named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week with an amazing stat line in five games. All she did was bat 588, post 10 hits, five runs, two doubles, two home runs, and four runs batted in. And BYU baseball loses to Dixie State 5-4 in walk-off fashion. The Cougs now 3-11. and Is it time to push the panic button? We'll discuss a little bit later. Three-game series at LMU begins tomorrow in L.A. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Tourney time in Indianapolis. Jerem, I just presented the question. Does BYU basketball have to win at least one game in the NCAA tournament to make this season a success? Or have they already obtained success given everything that's happened? It's already a success because winning in the NCAA tournament is not a uh, standard here at BYU as much as we'd like to think it is. Getting there, yes. Single-digit seed, yes. Six seed, yes. Absolutely. The way that BYU played this year, especially after last year, like this could have been a non-NCAA tournament year, and I think we all would have got it, right? Oh, seven seniors, three of which are top 50 players in BYU history probably. It makes sense that BYU would not go back to the tourney after that kind of year. But what did BYU do? They played pretty close to as well as the team last year. I still think last year's team is better because they were top 10 net and had a top five win. Those things differentiate them. But outside of that, it's pretty close. It's a different group, different roles for certain guys, new guys. This was a tremendous coaching job. Totally a success. Absolutely. Don't need a win per se to call it that. But winning in the NCAA tournament would be really nice. And the expectation when you're a top seven seed is that you win that Uh, game. Yes, it has shifted. A loss in round one would be disappointing. But it's already a success, no, no doubt. A win puts BYU in rarer company in Cougar Hoops history than you'd think. In fact, BYU hasn't won a first round, not first four, first round game since 2011. It's been a decade, 2010 before that. Before that, it was 93. So since 94, BYU's 2-9 and nine in the first round. It's not a thing BYU does. BYU doesn't go, okay, well, wait, what about Jimmer Fredette? Okay, take away the national player of the year in Jimmer Fredette and Danny Ainge, those years, like what is BYU normally without the best player in the country? 6-17 and 17 in the tourney. Like, BYU struggles in the tournament. 
So I'm happy BYU got there. It's absolutely a success. I do expect them to win, but it's not a disappointing season. It'd be a disappointing finish. It'd be a, it's not a disappointing season if BYU doesn't win the game. What's unfair about the scenario is people typically remember what happened last. Sure. And because BYU did kind of sprint to the finish, they, they're number 23 in the national rankings. They got a six seed, 20-6 and six overall. Their metrics were incredible. There is this expectation now, I feel like, for most BYU fans that the Cougars need to win at least one game. And as unfair as it might feel, if they lose that first-round game... To say it's unsuccessful with the loss I there know, is silly. When have me, fans you know? ever been rational? Ever. Like, the, the typical fan, by nature, is not rational. So if BYU loses that first-round game, it's going to be like, Oh, what was it all for? Come on! Win in the tournament. That that person plays, lives their life for the weekend only. I know. You know what I mean? It's but like, that, no, that's no. what fans there do. There are seven days a week. There's a journey. I don't climb the Y just for the view at the top. I climb for the whole thing, right? The, yes, they're, they're like that EFY song that we love, Joy in the Journey, right? There's Joy in the Climb. It's the whole season. It's the whole season. I'm with so, you on that. Yeah, absolutely. They're a top 25 team. They're a number six seed. They lost ridiculous talent last year. We came in on this show into this season saying, hey, if BYU's on the bubble, awesome. Yes. Just be in the conversation. Over, over exceeded expectations. Uh, not Absolutely. Only were, they were a yeah. lock. They were an exceeded. at large lock and got a single digit seed, a six seed. Yeah, that's great. They got the seed that we were pining for, like, oh, if they could be a six seed, that would be incredible. That's like top of the mark. They, it can't get much better than that. And they hit it. Yeah. They did it. So, yes, I'm with you. It, it should be considered a success unfairly because fans are fans. And expectations constantly shift. If BYU doesn't win a game, <laughs> the disappointment will uh, reign supreme in people's minds going into the offseason. I will be disappointed if BYU loses. Uh, but it won't be a disappointing season. It'll be a disappointing finish. Does that make sense? Uh, sure. Yeah. But does a disappointing finish not sometimes crown in yeah. most people's minds what the whole thing it was? It does if you don't have a memory. <laughs> Like if you can't and fans think have about short memories, I don't care about the like the super irrational fan. Like what? What? Yeah, this season will be a success. To your okay, so just I'm, I'm going to it is the a mindset. success no matter what happens after the BYU football season. You said we asked what's the most memorable moment of the season, and your answer was the loss at Coastal Carolina because that's what people typically do. Right, but it wasn't the last thing, so it it reversed flow in that. It wasn't that. That wasn't the last moment. No, it last wasn't. Even, was it wasn't, it wasn't even the last thing. But yeah. you still said the most memorable moment was Coastal Carolina. Yeah, yeah, and that's a different question than this to me. Like my it point, wasn't like my point was is if BYU loses in the tournament, we're going to say, "Hey, what was the most memorable moment in the season?" A lot of people are going to say losing in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and this season hasn't had like a crazy like. You need a little bit of drum. Like again, the Boise State BYU game this year was a great example of this. Because BYU won by so much, it wasn't as memorable. Yeah, it should, and it should be. Unless you go 59 nothing UCLA. That's like the exception. But BYU crushed Boise State, won for the first time in the blue, but we're like, well, that wasn't as what we wanted. We wanted a last-second <laughs> win, <laughs> which is funny, right? And, yes, it's, it's, weird. We it's, ple- it's weird. We're pleading with you. See the big picture. This season has been I don't, incredible. No, 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 no. I don't care what you do as a fan. You do you. I'll do me. I don't care. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Like, I'll, I'll look at it how I want to frame it. Yeah. I am pleading I've with you. I've got this mic. I've got this mic. You've I, got Twitter. I am pleading. Try yeah. and try and see the big picture here because it's been an unbelievable run to the tournament. I get told what to do enough around here. I don't want to tell anyone else. 
Okay, topic two. Larry Kuskoviak is out at Utah as the men's hoops coach. He has a $6.7 million buyout, by the way. Mm. How about that? Good for him. Spencer, will the BYU coaching staff be affected by this vacancy? No. Heck no. The BYU coaching staff is not going to be affected by this specific move. Yes, stock is high for Mark Pope and Chris Burgess and Cody Figure and Nick Robinson. It should be. They've... They had COVID not hit, they would have been a six seed in back-to-back NCAA tournaments. That is amazing. And this is taking over for a team that hadn't been to the tournament since 2015. Yeah, stock is really high, but Utah's not the answer for for these guys. Utah's going to look for a huge name, and they should. And as much as we love Chris Burgess and Cody Feger, that's not going to fit what Utah fans want right now. They, They want a huge Name, and I don't know how many are out there. Pretty long, yeah, that's a long name for yeah, sure. It's a huge name, but they're going to need somebody that comes with a significant head coaching resume. I feel so. Alex Jensen and the Utah Jazz, I think, are the ones that need to be worried right now. How much money can the University of Utah put up and try and poach him from the NBA and say, "Hey, we just paid Larry Kristoviak six point seven million to leave." We're going to offer you $7 million a year to come coach well, your alma mater. They weren't paying him $7 million a year. They were right. paying him 3 Well, what I'm saying is like if they, they throw out some huge number, they can't afford is, is Alex Jensen going to say, They can't no. put up $7 million for a basketball Who knows? No way. Okay? How much do they want they him? They do that. Like they, they're going to go after somebody like that. Or maybe Porter Moser at Loyola Chicago, who is a former Rick Majerus assistant. He's taken his team to the Final Four. That's he's playing got the, a hard nostalgia card. He's got that One team. One of Rick's assistants. Well, he's, did, would he want to go from Loyola Chicago, Chicago to a Pac-12 Power 5 program, you know, with, with some historic they're ties? Just a, in basketball, they're just a five program. There's no power there. <laughs> Lately, <laughs> no, which is why they got rid of their coach. Exactly. But I do not think yeah. this is going to impact BYU's coaching staff. And some people are saying, well, Mark Pope, what, could he say no to the money? Mark Pope's not going to Utah. He's not going to, He's Utah. Not going to Utah. No, I, I don't think they'll be affected. Uh, yeah, I think they need a guy who's been a head coach or NBA assistant. Alex Jensen seems like a good fit. And not the like, current BYU head coach. No. Listen, they could pay. Stop it. Listen, Utah can pay Mark Pope more, but you don't think Mark Pope's already been offered more? And Mark Pope got a contract extension and uh, probably a raise, right, after last yeah. season? Well, Mark he Pope's might even have friend, it again after Mark this Pope's season. Mark Pope's best friend owns the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And yeah. he happens to be a BYU fan, yeah, Ryan, too. So. Ryan Smith might be like, hey, <laughs> let's figure this out. <laughs> like, all good. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, the BYU coaching staff will be poached with Utah. Although, I do think this is the last time we're going to see these four guys together. You think be- somebody is going to go because the stock is too high? Yes. You can't be a back-to-back six-seed item at a uh, high major like BYU and think, oh, uh, yeah, everyone stays. Unless Remember? you pay everybody to stay. <laughs> if you want to pay its assistance uh, as well as probably they could against a Power 5 school, right? Calling Ryan Smith. <laughs> Again? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, BYU is competitive, no doubt, but... You know, in, in football, like, guys want to be here. It's a special place. It's different. It's unique. It's a great fan base. It's national. It has its own network. Like, all these amazing things, right? Ho- hopefully they can stay. But I would not be shocked if a Figure, a Robinson, a Burgess had an opportunity elsewhere and perhaps took it. We'll see. They're building something that's really great. But nothing really lasts in sports and business. Like, you have to just seize the moment and take what you need to do at that time. If I were a BYU fan, I'd be much more worried about a job like Indiana that just opened up to try and come in and 
persuade a guy like Mark Pope to come back because he did play in Indianapolis. It's the Big Ten. They're this a storied is, program. Yeah, everyone knows what Indiana is, no doubt. Um, what? Yes, the better BYU is, the more likely the coach is to leave. Okay? The better BYU is, the more likely the players are to leave early. But it's not like, the Dave Rose way, Jerem. This isn't a church calling. This is not a church calling. The head coach is not sustained in church. Okay? And even then, you can be released from a calling. So sometimes we act like, well, they're going to be here forever because Lavelle was. No, that's not the model. There's not uh, those, the Paternos and the uh, Bowdens and the, all those guys. They, it's not a thing. You don't stay 20 years somewhere anymore. It's not a thing. So enjoy it while it lasts because who knows how long Mark Pope will be around. Like, <laughs> I think he'll be here for several more years. And I'm excited about so it. So do I. But Until John Calipari decides to not coach at Kentucky. One day, all of a sudden, if Mark Pope keeps doing this, he's not going to be here. Yeah. Because he becomes too valuable. If a Michigan or an Ohio State opens up, or a Kentucky. And then we got to push the reset. Or a North Carolina, Roy Williams isn't getting any younger. Or a Duke. Or better, question mark? Like, <laughs> those teams weren't that good. Man, oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, but I, this is not the time. Utah, and the Utah positioning is not the situation that BYU fans need to worry but about. But let's acknowledge that when Utah loses a football or men's basketball coach, it is news here, too. I think most BYU because fans are upset uh, that Larry Kay is leaving. Because Why, they, so BYU can't keep winning yeah, the game? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, BYU still can win the game. <laughs> the new guy, but butt kicking this year is great. Our question of the day. Is the BYU basketball season already a success, or do the Cougars need to win a tournament game to get to the successful level? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU Pros Answers on Twitter, I would have a hard time calling it a success if they don't get a win. (laughs) Even with the turnover from last year, I think they need to get a win for this season to be remembered at all. We remember every tourney team. I disagree. It goes exactly we, to what I'm saying. The re- fan mentality. What have you done for me lately? Uh, remember. Isn't Spencer W. Kimball, that's the most important word in the English dictionary. I think we'll, rem- I think we'll remember this because of some other worldwide situations that have been happening. Man, what did BYU do the pandemic year? I can't remember, said no one. Coming up, is Detroit a good spot for Jamal Williams? And Zach Wilson tells us what the Jacksonville Jaguars asked him to do in their Zoom conversations to challenge him before they make the number one pick. This is BYU Sports Nation. Interesting stuff with Zachary. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. No one brings you slow motion, slow soccer penalty kicks like BYU to UVU tonight, 6 Eastern, against BYU. This is an important game because the Cougars are upset after Saturday's game against Santa Clara that did not go the Cougars' way. Physical game, there were not some calls that probably could have been made, Spencer. Jen Rockwood's not over it. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. (laughs) Hopefully, by the time the game is over today, we're kind of over it. It just takes it out on UVU. And to your slow-mo point, I think it was Scott Sterling that really put BYU TV on the map for slow-motion replay, right? 
I would hope that prior to Scott Sterling, we did some good slow-mo, <laughs> but you're probably right. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is time for our weekly conversation with BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. I love this, His dude. path to the NFL draft, everything from what the Jacksonville Jaguars are challenging him to do to what his plans are for Pro Day and beyond. He joined us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline yesterday. Zach, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the approaching calendar first and foremost, because I know that you're about to book some serious travel miles as you get set for BYU's Pro Day. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm heading home today. Uh, you know, today is uh, Tuesday, so I got a flight heading home uh, this afternoon. We got a workout and lift in, had some of the re- receivers uh, out here this past weekend. You know, Bushman, Aleva, Dax, Micah. Uh, able to throw with those guys got to throw with them last weekend go over some pro day script stuff they'll be in utah um i'll get back there start training there and, and we got till next week friday what was that like to uh re-engage with those guys some of which were on the team last year but some that weren't and be able to throw with them and kind of bring them into the circle of like hey give these guys a look yeah no doubt it was cool you know it was great to have those guys out uh great to just work some of those mechanics but you know we always get to go out to dinner afterwards and we have some of those flashback moments of our time at BYU and, and all that you know, fun stuff. Let's talk about Micah Simon and the Levy Hefo and some of these other guys that are still trying to live the dream. What are you seeing from them in their progress as they get ready for another pro day and, and try and make it into the NFL? Yeah, they've been working hard. You know, they look good. They, they're, they're, they've been staying in shape. Uh, you know, so I'm excited to see what they can do uh, when they get in front of some coaches and there's no – you know, I mean, still a COVID year, but, you know, not as many restrictions, and hopefully they get, get their chance that they deserve. And so I'm excited to see what those guys do. Six weeks away from the NFL draft on Thursday. How are you feeling about everything as you approach what will be one of the biggest days of your life, if not the biggest? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I don't know if it's as uh, intense as going into a, a real football game, but, I'm, you know, I'm excited. What a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm ready. You know, I just got to go out there and do my thing. There's nothing – Nothing to be, you know, stressed or worried about, you know, because I'm in a great spot. And so, uh, you know, it's coming up. These last three months have, have really flown by, but, you know, I feel like I'm ready and I've been working for it. So it'll be great to see what team I end up on. What's the thing you need to work on the most? And that could be a football skill or not, right? Because you'll go through a lot of interviews, but you're also working on obviously continuing to develop your skill set. Yeah, I, I think there's a rhythm, you know, a natural ability uh, once you get comfortable with things, you know, I'd say in college, especially, you know, my junior year, part of my sophomore year, you know, you just get comfortable with being in the same environment all the time, you know, throwing that same ball to the same receivers, you know, you feel like you can't miss And And right now I've noticed a lot of, you know, throwing to different guys, uh, using a different, a different ball. The NFL ball has been, you know, a little tricky to adjust to. And, you know, you're in different, you know, circumstances and environments and, you know, you kind of just got to be able to throw in any any circumstance. And so I think that's one thing that's been different is I got to be able to throw that, that NFL ball has been a little tricky and uh, you know, I feel good about it, but you know, it's really just adjusting. I feel like I'll get more comfortable as time goes on into this next year. What's tricky about it. It's fatter, you know, it's a, it's a fatter <laughs> rounder ball, harder to grip. It's got a little bit different leather. Uh, you know, personally, I, I do like it better than the, the college ball, but I was so used to it. When I first got to BYU, I actually hated the Nike ball. I thought it was terrible. Um, I was so used to the, the round ball in high school, but then, you know, I started getting used to the Nike one and then I loved it. And I felt like I could, you know, throw it all over the place. And now I'm, you know, trying to readjust and get used to that NFL ball again. So I think it just takes time. Zach Wilson with us on BYU Sports Nation as he is on his path to the NFL draft coming back for pro day. Zach, it feels like 
most scouts and most teams have a really good idea of what type of player you are based off of your film, different work, interviews that they're doing with you. So what, what is it that they're looking to learn from you on pro day? Or, or is this just like uh, you're doubling down and, and this is just to reaffirm their thoughts? Yeah, no doubt. I think it's, it's really just to check some boxes. I think they want to, you know, just like anything, you know, my dad gave me a good example when you're buying a car, you know, how much research you go into all the details. And it's like, you know, you really like this car, but you're going to make sure you test drive it a few times and you're going to check out all the bells and whistles and make sure everything matches up. And so I think it's really just a checklist, you know, for me, it's just, you know, them coming, seeing me in person, you know, making sure, you know, I fit their size and, and height wise and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, just seeing someone, you know, the vibes you get of, of how the ball jumps off someone's hand. Uh, you know, that, I think all that stuff's important. So I think, you know, it's really just check out, check off the boxes. Zach, if you were a car, what type of car would you be? <laughs> what, what's, what are scouts checking out? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably a Tesla. <laughs> I like it. The truck or yeah, a regular one? Efficient, torquey. Yeah. Explosive. Yeah. I, I like it. Electric. Quick. Yeah. Not that great of top speed, but a little good acceleration. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay. So as you get closer to the draft as well, you're going to have uh, you know, different interviews and different teams um, that are interested. Dick Carmen said earlier this week in an article that the Jaguars have lined up, obviously, multiple Zooms with you with the number one pick. They've even given you their playbook. Have teams uh, like the Jaguars and others given you their playbook to kind of test your knowledge of that? Yeah, you know, that was the first one. I think the Jaguars are really getting on it early. Um, I have interviews scheduled for other teams. I've met with other really big teams. Uh, mostly just to get to know you. Uh, I know a lot of teams are waiting to see how all the trades and, and free agency stuff works out uh, after this week. Uh, really, I think the Jaguars, you know, knowing that they're probably going to draft a quarterback, uh, uh, really we're just trying to dive in. I know they met with, you know, me, obviously, Trevor, Justin. Uh, they want to, you know, do their research, do their homework, um, and make sure that they're, they're making the right decision. So do you have more than the Jaguars playbook on you? No. <laughs> I've gotten a couple. Uh, the Jags was the first playbook I've gotten. Um, but I know for sure after Pro Day, I have a couple scheduled. Uh, that'll be the exact same thing, you know, throwing the p- playbook out there and seeing how quickly you can retain information and spit it back out and giving your thoughts on, on how you see the reads, uh, you know, working out. What's it like to look at an NFL playbook? Because I know that John Beck and, and uh, you know, Tom House's company and everything, they're preparing you for that, right? Yeah, no doubt. You know, we've, we've been looking at all the different, uh, offenses, you know, the West coast style offense, the digit systems, um, you know, all the different terminologies and, and really it all comes down to the same thing. You know, there's like the same concepts, you know, even though there's maybe a couple different routes from each one, they all kind of, you know, have the same, um, end result that they're trying to go for maybe spacing on the field, what this concept is trying to do. And really it's just a different lingo. You just got to learn the language of, you know, what that team does. So I think it's just going to be adjusting, uh, to that, you know, some offenses are going to be different than BYU because they'll, you know, put more on the quarterback as far as, you know, protections or mic IDs or flipping things around or audibles at the line of scrimmage. And then there, you know, there's NFL teams that are also very basic and, and don't do that stuff. So it's really just adjusting to wherever you get picked. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson with us on BYU Sports Nation. He is approaching his path to the NFL draft. What do these interviews typically entail, whether it's the Jaguars, the Jets or whoever? What, what, what are these interviews like? Yeah, I think they want to get under your skin a little bit. I think they want to push you as as far as you can. Uh, I think they like 
they want to see where your, you know, intelligence line is at. And then, and then they try and push you to see, you know, how are you, how you react to situations. You know, I can think of some, uh, with the Jaguars where it's, you know, you get 24 hours, you got to drop every single formation and they'll send you, you know, 30 formations and a, a bunch of different plays. And it's, you know, it's like a day one install, not a ton of stuff, but they want to see how you spit that information back out, you know, how confident you are in it, how quickly you learned it, uh, the details of the play. And, and then they, they tell you, you know, like for mine, I remember he was like, try every single play. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I can't remember exactly the formation with this play, but uh, if I had to guess, you know, it was probably something like this. And, and they just want to hear you know, how you talk football. Was that hard? Cause that seems hard, Zach. Yeah. I mean, it's challenging for sure. You know, but when you dedicated your whole life to this, I mean, it's a lot of fun. You know, I spent hours studying that playbook. I spent my whole day studying that playbook <laughs> to try and do good on that. So, uh, I had a good time, uh, in the meeting with those guys. And it was probably like, uh, you know, when a new Harry Potter or twilight book came out or whatever, but you with the Jaguars playbook, I imagine <laughs> just devouring that thing. Yeah, exactly. Just flying through it, just trying to pick up everything I can, do, trying to do, find that little thing that separates you. Right, and you've talked about your study of film and a playbook will be your differentiator. And obviously, a lot of guys are skilled, but not as everyone not everyone is as good in the film room and in studying the playbook. So, do you feel like it went well that conversation based on your preparation and your knowledge? And I imagine it. Maybe you have like a photographic memory or, or close to it with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I definitely, I think it went well. I know there was definitely, you know, some things that are just too hard to get all of it right. And I think that's where the, where they want to see how you operate. You know, you know, sometimes they're asking you things that weren't even on the sheets. Like, Hey, what, what's the read right here? Uh, how do you know uh, which coverage is which uh, when we're in this formation? And you kind of just got to spit your knowledge out of, of what you've learned growing up. And so I think that that was the cool uh, experience just because it, it's definitely different. It's challenging. And they just want to see how you, you know, keep, keep reacting to all their questions. It sounds a lot like you enjoy homework, Zach. Does this apply to all yeah. other subjects in your life? <laughs> Definitely not. That's the only subject I like. Fair enough. Uh, every player's kind of got marks that they want to hit on pro day. I, I don't know how it applies to a quarterback, per se, especially one that already has your solid reputation and solid numbers, but what type of marks are you hoping to hit on pro day in Provo? Yeah. So obviously I won't be doing any of the running stuff. If we would have had a combine, you know, I would have gone out there and, and tried to show some athleticism, but, uh, with it being on the same day, I didn't want to risk, you know, tweaking a hammy or something and I couldn't end up throwing. Uh, so the throwing for me is, is definitely just the most important part uh, to be in front of these coaches. So, so really, I just want to go out there and, and solidify my tape, you know, what I've done on the film on the, in the film room and, and show these guys, you know, the types of throws I can make. I feel like something that you know, is different in my game is, is being able to make some of those off platform, you know, different ability, movement, pocket throws. And so I, ha- I have a good amount of those in my, in my script. And so it's really just solidifying to those guys, you know, the kind of, kind of player that I am. If you were going to run a 40, what would you run? Yeah. I don't know. Of course, everyone's going to give you the low number, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, testing so far, I tested forties all the way up until, um, actually just a week or so ago until I tweaked my hamstring a little bit and, and we just ended up calling it from there. But uh, I was testing, you know, higher four fives, probably like four five eight, four five nine to low four sixes. So I probably would have hit anywhere from like you know a four six three to a four five eight. So way faster than John Beck. 
<laughs> yeah, but John John will tell you he had a tweaked ankle, I guess. Right? <laughs> he played he played a game in 06. Zach, yeah, don't where tell he, him I said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's between us. He's not watching. Uh, he did play a game where he had like both ankles sprained in 06. So yeah. he he was a gamer, man. He was a gamer. So I imagine with, oh, with John's a great athlete. Yeah, he underrated probably right. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to tweaking your hamstring, I imagine that may have played into the decision not to run at pro day as well, just to. Take it yeah. Easy. yeah, it was really just because, you know, a lot of teams, you know, didn't really care unless I was going to go out there and, and run a f- blazing four, three and completely wow everyone. You know, I, I think teams understand where my athleticism is at and, and, you know, high four fives to low four sixes is where teams expect me to be based on, you know, my film and how I'm running in games and stuff. And so unless I'm going to go out there and completely wow somebody with a four, three, four, four, then, you know, there's really not a, you know, a huge reason to run. Was it your trainer or someone uh, around you that tested you that that gauged some explosiveness and you were like on the level of John Ross explosiveness? What was that, man? Yeah. Yeah, he I mean, if we race, he's going to smoke me, but <laughs> John Ross is insane, you know. That guy's insane. We've been we've been running together for a little bit out here, but Les Spellman, uh the group that I work with, they do great work uh, out here in California. Tanner Mangum actually you know, worked with him and Tanner ran a four five eight, which I thought was awesome for Tanner. I thought for sure he's gonna run like a five two. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was awesome. I was happy for him. I was happy for him. Tanner's got quite you know, he's quite the speedy guy after that. Uh but less, you know, he does great stuff and the thing that we were running on was the ten eighty. So I think it's like fifty percent of your top velocity or your top, you know, velocity or whatever it is, uh that you have to pull um, it's some machine that calculates, you know, all this, how much, you know, power you have. It's really generating like, uh, acceleration. It's really just, you know, who has, a, who has the best acceleration, a powerful runner. Uh, so I have a really good five to 10 yard acceleration as far as power goes. So like, you know, I do pretty well in that stuff, but you know, once we open up past 20, that's when I start to get, start to get chased down. So 10 yards and slide for me. Zach, which player that you've been practicing with and throwing to over the past few weeks drops the fewest passes? Answer carefully. <laughs> I don't know. We've had a different a different bunch of receivers. The guys I've actually thrown up the most are actually probably, you know, these guys, and they've done a great job. I don't know if we had a single drop ball. Of course, Matt Honeyhands is out here catching everything with uh, one hand. Yeah. That dude's still got it. Yeah, how, how, does he, been, how, how does he look physically? Yeah, really good. He looks good. He looks big. He looks strong. Uh, he's running really well for, you know, having a ruptured Achilles. He's running great. You know, I wouldn't even notice. And, and he, uh, I would even say, uh, you know, his hands look, you know, just as sharp as they ever have. That guy's out here. You know, if I put a little ball too far in front, he's, he's snagging it. So Zach's great to catch up with you, man. Looking forward to pro day. We wish you safe travels back to Utah and, uh, Zach, the Tesla Wilson. We'll, we'll go with that for now. If yeah. you're okay with that. Yep, that's my dream car too, so we'll see. <laughs> thanks, Zach. Yeah, thanks, guys. Zach Wilson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. We learned a lot there about the Jaguars have given him a playbook and have tested his knowledge of it. Write every play down. What's the read here? That's pretty interesting. And the fact that he uh, tweaked his hammy last week, so hopefully he can uh, you know, recover soon and he won't be running very much. It sounds like he's just throwing at Pro Day, which is enough. He's a big show. And in case you missed it, we announced yesterday that, hey, BYU TV is going to broadcast Pro Day. So it's exciting. NFL Network will be involved as well, apparently ESPN as well, and, of course, social media for BYU football, BYU Cougars, BYU TV Sports, all that. So we're excited. And uh, 
I don't know what NFL Network and ESPN are doing, but you better believe we're watching everything the whole time. We know what we're doing. <laughs> yes. Well, that's that, hopefully. Hopefully we know what we're doing. <laughs> that's kind of in question sometimes. But uh, yeah, no, all good. Okay, coming up, caption this from Indianapolis. And is Aaron Rodgers the best NFL comparison for the guy we just talked to, Zach Wilson? A few prominent ESPN analysts think so. This is BYU Sports Nation. Aaron Rodgers to Tesla. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Whitney Bauer and the 16th ranked women's volleyball team host number 21 San Diego Saturday, 3 Eastern on BYU TV in the app. They play at San Diego tonight. Big one Saturday at 3 Eastern. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. On ESPN's Get Up, David Pollock said, quote, when you watch Zach Wilson, you see Aaron Rodgers, end quote. Is this the best NFL comp for Wilson? I think it is. I compared him earlier this week a little bit to Russell Wilson, just in the way that he's a smart runner. But overall, I feel like Zach makes a lot of throws that Aaron Rodgers does. We talk a ton about off-platform awesomeness. Aaron Rodgers is the pinnacle of that in the NFL. Off-platform meaning footwork uh, when it's not perfect, right? I think it's great. I think that Aaron Rodgers' um, throwing motion is smooth and quick and simple. And I think that Zach's is as well. He has great mechanics. I really like it. Like, I, I think that's a great one. Uh, Wilson is more athletic than Aaron Rodgers, though, in my opinion. Zach throws a special football, and he can do it in so many weird, contorted ways with his body, and that's very unique. Jamal Williams goes from Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to the Detroit Lions. Two-year, $7.5 million deal. What's your reaction to Jay Swag Daddy heading across Lake Michigan to the Motor City? He's probably the number two there. DeAndre Swift is the number one. And then Kerryon Johnson is going to battle for number two with Jamal. But they like him. Uh, they want to bring him in. They know him well, being in division. Right? So, uh, let's go, man. They know he can block for the quarterback. And that's going to be an automatic upgrade for Detroit. Yeah. Because they have not done well with that. Okay, Jamal Williams, speaking of, uh, wore a Cosmo hoodie on the NFL Network this week. Would you wear this on BYUSN for a show? I would do this. I, yeah. pro- I probably would do this. It's a little frightening when you just stare at it without uh-huh, uh-huh. it being on anybody. I, I wouldn't wear it nearly <laughs> as well as Jamal, which is the case for most things that he wears uh, in his yeah. sometimes loud fashion. Yeah. Often loud fashion. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd do that on BYU yeah. Sports Nation. It's, it feels like a wheel of punishment thing, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's we should add it. We should add it, for sure. Let's add it. <laughs> Jeremy, if BYU Sports Nation is a show were to win an Emmy, I know, wild dream. Regional right? Emmy would, would be nice. But if it happened, yeah. would we get a reception like BYU Cross Country got upon their return to Provo yesterday? No, we would not. This is... Really next level. And look at Lee Johnson out there kind of dangerously scooting over to the side. Um, this was awesome. So women's volleyball was there and a bunch of the athletics personnel and a bunch of you know teams and fellow athletes. This was cool. Cool reception. I wish we had gotten the memo because I would have showed up as well. Yeah. Let us know. Hey, hey. We'll take a camera. We'll take ourselves. Yeah. Come on. We'll be there. Um, by the way, look at Cosmo's get up. He's got the 80s like windbreaker thing, the old retro. That was nice. It's a good look for cross country and track and field. Yes, it is. We I like it. We would have worn the yellow hat down there. Oh, that we have the yellow. On set. Oh, yeah. Let me grab it. Right the now. old 1984 yellow yeah. ball cap. Yeah, let me grab it. That's got the uh, 
This what is that across the front of it? It's like uh, it says it's just old school track and field. Like, a string, it's got like, a, like you know the strings that go at the base of the hat yeah, on the brim. Yeah, well, I would have wore this. I told her, oh, it broke! <laughs> it broke! Ah, it broke! I just broke it's it. Sh- <laughs> it's like really old. Oh no! Oh no! We, we need a seamstress. Here, I, just, I just broke we it. We need a seamstress ah! immediately. Yeah. Oh shoot! <laughs> Dang it! Dang it. We'll figure it out. Your hard head broke that hat. Yes. Okay, coming up. Today's Rise and Chuck. <laughs> and let's play caption this. <laughs> BYU basketball in the bubble. Some interesting photos of BYU's preparation. This is BYU Sports Nation. It broke! That is hilarious. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The other BYU Cougars as they work out for NFL scouts on Pro Day. It's a two-hour BYU Sports Nation special with full coverage. March 26th, 12 to 2 Eastern time on BYU TV. And we think we know what we'll be doing that day. We know we know. What we'll be doing. watching Pro Day. We know what we're doing? Yeah. No, as a company, we know what we're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do? <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Let's play Caption This. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event with a BYU basketball theme. Just some select images from inside the bubble of BYU's team isolation in Indianapolis. Picture number one features Matt Harms stretched out on the floor of a court. Okay. Okay. And my caption for this, Jeremy, is, you know, I'd love to have my body pillow right about now. That's a long body pillow, dude. Like an (laughs) eight-footer. At least a six. It's a hundred and twenty dollar pillow. We learned yesterday. No, that's the pillow cube. That's just right. for his head. The pillow that would cube. go like to his sternum. Okay, I'd love to have my pillow cube with me right yes. now. Let me alter that. Pillow cube plus. Pillow, my bad. Um, my bad. My caption is, "What are you looking at?" He's like, "Leave me alone." Like, also, is he trying to pancake a volleyball? Like, what's going on right now? Okay, uh, number two here. It's uh, it's BYU. It's it's Richard Harward, of course. It's uh, Alex Porcello, of course. BYU. They're walking down a hallway. Harward kind of has his arms out. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? He looks like Bane from Batman. <laughs> do you do you feel in charge? That that's the first thing I thought of. He looks like he's got a mask on and he's yep. got his hair cut like Bane. Yep, the uh, haircut's still interesting. Um, <laughs> my caption is: Then I totally lifted him up. <laughs> Love it. Okay, on to picture number three. <laughs> yes, which. If you had no context like a year ago and you saw this, like, this would be a frightening picture. What is going like, on? What's ha- Why are they wearing masks? Yeah. What are those ropes? So my caption for this is The Shining 2021. <laughs> it, it looks That's like great. something out of a Stephen King novel. That's great. It's a great movie. The sequel is good as well. I <laughs> um, can't remember the name of it. Um, Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. That, Namaste is a peaceful. Does that look peaceful? Yes. Oh, okay. This, Connor's touching his right. temple. You know, okay, just okay. Kind of in, the, right. in the in the Connor, he's in the lather. Connor very much the opposite the of what bands. his wife Paisley was doing when they found out yeah. they got into the NCAA. Yeah, she's tournament. very he's very guys, chill. We're going dancing. We're going dancing. That was like my mom when she was single in Salt Lake City in the late nineties. Okay, number four, Jerem. Um, not exactly sure what's happening here, but there's some type of tracking device. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in a sock. Yep. On top of a really nice shoe. I like yep. those shoes. Uh, but my caption is. This message will self-destruct in three seconds. <laughs> I go, the government is after it. <laughs> um, by the way, Stanford wore these while they played over the weekend in men's volleyball. So it's for contact tracing. 
So they know if you were by someone that was positive for 15 minutes or longer. Yes. Doesn't the St. Patrick's Day music just make this so much it better? It really makes it less intense, which is what we're going for. Um, because to, when I see that, yeah, I'm like, like, whoa, what? what's going on? It's for contact what? tracing. Yeah. Don't leave the county. Yeah. <laughs> Your parole officer is watching. Yes. What is this, the fugitive? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Number five. Dr. Richard Kimball. Okay. <laughs> Mealtime in... The Shining Hotel. Okay. <laughs> no, my my caption here is the most accommodating solitary confinement ever. Oh, okay. You can open the door. That's nice. Uh, I go small portion size. These are like six five to seven foot three athletes, and they're get they're getting this meal. I need double or triple that for some of my guys. You think Richard Harward's going to be full on that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Maybe Jesse Wade. That's their after nap. Snack. Yeah, is that a snack or is that a meal? After nap snack. Is that a snack or a meal? Also, is that fruit fresh? I've got a lot of questions. That's a tiny orange juice. Can we have some contact tracing? This makes a billion dollars on this tournament. Fruit and and that's the food they give. Are you kidding me? Where did the fruit and orange juice come from? Can we have contact tracing on that? (laughs) Is it wearing? Do we know it's safe? Little red light button thing. How come it's not masked up? (laughs) It. Okay. (laughs) You know what? You're out of line, Pac-12, Big Ten. You you simmer down. You make up Sorry. reasons to play again. Sorry. I overstepped. On to the next picture, Jeremy. Last one. Okay. okay Classic uh, Matt, Matt Harms and Alex Marcel Eric side. They're yelling. Loud noises! Yeah. Uh, for me, it's simple here. The caption is tip- typical. This, this, is, this is every they, day. This is what they do. This is, It's what they do. Yeah, this is every day for them. Also, I want those practice Arms? shorts. Sleep. Sleeve, sleeve, uh, homies, sleeve bros. Oh, okay. sleeve bros, sleeve buddies. A left and a right. Matt's going I'm a with sleeve the guy when I play. Navy. Yeah, I'm a sleeve guy when I play. I'm that guy. You wear sleeve every time on you my play? left arm. Yeah. What does it do? Uh, it gives me swag. Okay. Yeah. Nothing else. Wait, well, you want me to does say it, it helps it me ser- shoot three percent better? It, does it have it's some not, functional purpose? No, no. Other than swag, it's that's swag? the functional purpose. You- <laughs> You think that those have functional? They may have the pad on them. That's, I just have the yes. Slit. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I yeah. think I think theirs might actually serve some type of functional purpose. Well, and they're good at basketball. <laughs> Unlike this, guy. they don't need to wear a sleeve to have swag. Yeah, they just turn the music up like we're done. Like get, <laughs> yeah, they're like, pushing us off the stage. Like, that's enough. You know what? You're gonna get stage. a small lunch too. Like those. Emmy this. Okay, coming up regional. Happy birthday to whom? And is this BYU basketball season already a success, regardless yes. of what happens in the tournament? Yes. Elite Voice is next on BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. It's called BYU Sports Nation, uh, you know, if you didn't know. Uh, mm-hmm. you Google it, subscribe, rate, and review. Okay. Our question of the day. Is the BYU basketball season... Is there too much green here? That's our new question of the day. I think there's not enough. I think it looks great. It's the one day of the year that we... Yes. Well, and sometimes on Halloween we do some orange and black. Yes, but we will never do red. Not on Valentine's not, Day. Not on Independence Day because we typically aren't even here. I don't even think pink makes it onto the set on Valentine's Day. Does it? Any shade of red? Yeah. No, we're not doing that. That's not. We're not about that red life. Right. Okay. We're doubling down on. We're that not about protocol. the checks. 
Mm-hmm. We're about that swoosh. Okay. We're about the blue life and the green life, I guess. All right. Now to question of the day. Is this BYU basketball season already a success, or do they need to win at least one tournament game? Let's hear your non-perspective. <laughs> at Tyson Peterson. <laughs> so far, BYU is the number one non-Gonzaga team on the West Coast. Fact. To make it a success, BYU needs to stay there. They have done so. It is over. St. Mary's didn't make the tournament. But if UCLA beats BYU... Oh, for the West Coast. I, th- I was thinking yeah. conference. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, no, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think uh, USC and Colorado are in the conversation, are they not? Yes. For best non-Gonzaga West Coast. Yeah, remember team. when you watched USC play BYU in Connecticut? Yeah, it was ugly. That feels like an it eternity was, ago. I know. Same seed, by the way. Sixth seed. And tied for 23rd in the AP poll. Feels like an eternity ago. So, eh, yeah. I was thinking, sorry, the conference. That so, same USC no, team lost point. to Utah, which BYU How does that? blew out of the water. That's what basketball is weird, man. Basketball is so weird. Utah does that, too, where they'll get some good wins, but then other times you're like, what? What happened? Yeah. yeah. Wait. Oregon State, Washington. How does Oregon State win the Pac-12 tournament? <laughs> Shout out to Peyton Tashup, who I talked to after Friday night's men's volleyball Go match, by the way. He's here in town. He's back. Yes, he is. Yeah. All right, at Borscht Tire. The season has been a success, but I think everyone would be disappointed to lose in the first round with a favored seeding. Yes, and I don't argue that fact. Uh, it, will, it would be a disappointing finish given how good the season's gone in the seed. I don't think it'll put a, a dour feeling on the whole season, though, to me. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Linda Murray on Instagram. This team is already a success. I like Linda. Always Replacing have. so many seniors, dealing with COVID protocols and rescheduled games and yeah. making the tournament, yeah. they will be Preach. remembered and have overcome a lot of challenges. Preach! Getting a tournament win will just be icing on the cake. Now, yes and no. Uh, I do want it, and I think that if you throw this team in with a six seed and a win in the yeah. tourney, we start to evaluate all the teams in BYU history. Spencer, I'm not kidding. We may throw them into the top ten. Man. Because the, of seed and win. The Not cake, every BYU team has done that. The cake overall has been delicious. We yes. just don't want it to have a weird aftertaste after that final bite. Yeah, 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 no, 100%. We won't say, well, yeah, was the cake bad overall? <sighs> if it, if I it, ate for that cake yesterday. My nephew. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Happy birthday to Mark Durant. Yes, Aaron. and Stuart Call, social media guru for BYU Athletics. A couple of Copper fantastic Hills personalities. Our thanks to today's guest, Zach Wilson. Started Dennis Pitt, we ran out of time. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jamie Rendich Beck. We'll see you at 6 nice. Eastern for number 17 ranked BYU women's soccer against rival Utah Valley. Go Cougs. Next level with the Rendich part.